Welcome back to One Golden Moment on the Daily Californian Podcast Network. I'm your host, Michael Brust. It's season four. We have a new format. Each week, we'll be bringing on different writers from different sports to talk about anything from women's water polo to men's basketball. It's going to be a fantastic season, both for Cal Athletics across the board and the Daily Cal. Without further ado, here's the season debut of One Golden Moment. And we're back. I'm here with Ethan Waters, my fellow deputy sports editor and men's writer extraordinaire to talk about the Southwestern Invitational. Waters, Drip, aka Juice, tell us about it. All of the above, yes. Uh, It was a good Monday and Tuesday for the Bears down in Westlake in Southern California. I talked to head coach about it before. It was pretty happy that uh, head coach Walter Chun, he was pretty happy that they only had to fly about an hour down there. It wasn't really much of a drive like they had earlier in the season down to Pebble Beach. Uh, sort of just kind of a taxing day for all of them. I remember that sort of a taxing tournament in general. So that was kind of took a little bit of the edge off, and I know that he thought that that helped them going into the tournament, and I think that that showed. It was a wild weekend, though. What was wild about it? Well, we knew that it was going to be a good tournament. There were a lot of good teams there. Uh, Number four, BYU. uh, Number six, Pepperdine. uh, Number 10, Arizona State. So we knew that there was going to be a lot of action, and Cal was going to have to compete with some of the best teams in the country. But the way it turned out was definitely... uh, it, It spoke volumes about how Cal men's golf is approaching the season, in the sense that... They started out the first day, uh, two rounds in the first day. So mm-hmm. it was a 54-hole tournament, 36 rolls in the first day, and then 18 on Tuesday. First 18 were not necessarily the best work that the Bears have put together this season. Granted, he had, we had uh, freshman Kento Yamawaki, who ended up finishing fifth overall, and carded a 66 in the second round of Monday carded a 74 in his first round. So it was kind of just like that eight-stroke improvement sort of defines that whole day for everyone because they started out and tied for ninth. Next thing you know, they're competing for a top-five spot, and they're in fourth place, and they're fighting for sole possession of fourth place. And I think to be able to bounce back within the same day, right after you play 18 holes, and to be able to tell yourself, okay, like we need to shake this off and we need to go back at it, is just exactly what Cal Men's Golf is this season. From what I've talked to players and coaches, that seems to be just the message, that they can persevere, and it's all about confidence. It's all about knowing that something goes wrong. It's all about focusing on the next shot. The most important shot is the next shot. And if you have confidence going into that, then you can make wild things happen. I think being able to finish up ahead of some of the top teams in the country, especially BYU, who finished down towards the bottom of this tournament, actually, I think to be able to show that is a testament to the fact that they can stay up there come the postseason. What performances from the Invitational really stood out for you the most? So uh, I think if you look at just the card, uh, most notably Finnegan Tilly uh, finished fourth overall, and I spoke with him after the tournament. Uh, I'm lucky to have the chance to talk to him. And, you know, the vibe that I got, the the message I got overall was that the greens were tricky. It was kind of hard to figure everything out in the first day, but once everybody started to get a feel for the course, started to get a feel for the greens, then it kind of started to click, especially for him. Uh, You can see that he shot a 67 in his final round, which is tied for the second lowest round in the entire tournament. And freshman Kento Yamawaki is also 
very notable because he finished in fifth place overall individually right behind him. I mean, like I said, just he tied the lowest round in the tournament with that 66, but more so the fact that that 66 came right after the 74 is just, it, it's very impressive. And it's a testament to mental game, really, because golf is a very big sport. And, you know, some I think it's sometimes hard to think of that as like, it's a, it's just a wide sport. Like it needs a lot of area, mm -hmm. but in reality, it takes up very small space in your head. And that's where most of the game is played, I feel. And I think that they showed that they can command that portion of the game. Where does the team move forward from here? So they are flying out to Hawaii in February. Um, that's going to be a big tournament to John A. Burns. Uh, but I think what's more important than that right now is all the time they have in between. And I talked to uh, Finnegan, and he told me essentially that they just want to get out in there and play as much as they possibly can. Which is kind of an interesting situation for Cal Golf because there is no, there is a home course, but there's no home course in Berkeley per se. To have to drive to all of your practices is something different than just being able to walk to the pool or sure. being able to walk to the track or being able to walk to the football field mm -hmm. or ride your, you know, your moped that only athletes are allowed to have. <laughs> sure. Right. So it's, it's a little bit different. Sure, you're going to lift the same, but in reality, it's about you holding yourself accountable and everybody making the time to be able to get out there and actually play rounds, full rounds. The feeling overall is that everybody wants to keep it up and everybody knows that they can contend now and they're starting to see that, hey, we've been up here with some of the top teams, we can stay up here, and they're feeding the fire. All right, final question. What's the peak for Cal men's go golf? Uh, where are they, you know, how high do you think they can fly? I think there are no limits to how high this team can fly. Um, a lot of people said earlier in the season that they're kind of a young team, you know, that they lost some of their major players from last year, and they did. And this is all true, but they're showing that they have the mental capacity and the physical capacity to hang with some of the best teams in the country. So I think that there are no limits to what they can do this season, and I think they see themselves as a top-10 team and fighting towards uh, a high spot in the postseason. So no limits. Well, I want to thank my fellow deputy sports editor, Ethan Waters, for coming on the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Michael. Pleasure to be here. Let's take a break. And we're back. I'm here with Chef Cook, William Cook. Uh, he's our basketball beat writer for women's basketball and uh we're here to talk about the bears finally capturing their first conference win after nine consecutive losses uh can you give me a quick recap of the weekend yeah so uh on friday night uh the bears uh went to pullman and played washington state who themselves have not been having a great season mm -hmm. um they were second to last in pac 12 at the time went down there and it was um Abysmal. Uh, we lost by 26, like I said, to the second worst team in the Pac-12, now the third worst team in the Pac-12. Um, and a lot of it came down to just not being able to stop their best players. Um, Boris Lava Herstova, who's the leading or the leading scorer in the Pac-12, mm -hmm. she put up 32 points, uh, 20 in the first half, didn't have an answer for her at all. Um, and simply they just dominated from start to finish. Um, Cal took bad shots. Um, they shot 30% from the field, and they're averaging about 40% this season. And Washington State was a lot more efficient. Shot 58% from the field, then went on an 18-1 run to finish the game. So yeah. let's let's move then to uh, their game against Washington. And uh, Cal finally nabbing their first conference victory. Tell me about that. Yeah, so it kind of just came down to taking better shots. Mm -hmm. And um, 
taking high percentage shots, and that's kind of a cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. Against Washington State, only a third of their points came from inside the paint. Um, against Washington, they got the ball to uh, senior center CJ West. She put up 22 points. I think she only had a couple against Washington State. She's had a she's had a tough season. She was injured earlier, I believe, for a few a few games, and I think she was also there was a point where she hadn't scored more than five points in a, a few games. So it's good to see that she is back in the the fray of, right. for Cal. Right, and if you can start getting those easier points in the paint from mm-hmm. um, experienced players players like West, um, I think Cal can do a lot better moving forward, um, just putting up easier shots. Uh, besides CJ, what players really stood out for you this weekend in both games, uh, and which players do you think are going to really improve going forward? Yeah, so freshman guard Jaslyn Green, she had 18 points. Uh, she led Cal in scoring against Washington State. Um, she shot 50% from behind the arc. She was extremely efficient. Um, and then against Washington State, like I said, or against University of Washington, like I said, CJ West, I think, will be key going forward. She had those 22 points. Uh, finally, tell me about the Bears' upcoming games, um, where they're going to be held at, what do you want to see from the Bears going forward if uh, the Bears want to improve? Yeah, so I believe they're going down south playing uh, USC and UCLA to come up um, next. USC is about mid-table in the Pac-12 rankings right now. UCLA is ranked number 10. Um, so both of these are, are winnable opportunities for Cal. Winnable games. Um, and especially now, after getting that overtime win against uh, Washington, I feel like they could surprise some people, um, get a couple of wins, even a ranked win, their first ranked win of the season, um, and actually you know, get get going this season, uh, maybe finish off their Pac-12 schedule well, and maybe make the tournament if they can really turn things around. All right, well, I want to thank William Cook for being here. Uh, Chef Cook, you work, we can find you on Twitter, right? You can find me on Twitter, yeah. What's your at? I am uh, at Will Cook, uh, W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K-E underscore eight. All right, well, thank you very much, and we'll take a break. When we come back, Uh, Jack Whaley on men's basketball. And we're back for the final segment of the season debut of One Gold Moment. I'm with fellow men's basketball beat writer and former assistant editor, Jack Whaley. Hey. Jack, these were some insane games this weekend. Yeah. Tell me about them. All right, so we had the close one against Oregon where our offense for most of the game except for like our five minute it wasn't a scoreless drought but it was like scoreless from the field we scored free throws only um aside from that we probably played our best offense that we have all season debatably um we had a really good offensive game against like st mary's as Mm -hmm. well but yeah i think we scored 89 points yeah yeah. uh, against st mary's yeah Yeah. but for playing against the number i think they were ranked number 11 when we played them number 11 Oregon. yeah they were 11th ranked for the nation so i mean for playing against them and Losing by five points. 77 to 72, yeah. Yeah, lost by five points. I mean, that's a pretty good game. I mean, also leading for most of the game. uh, I mean, it really wasn't until sort of Peyton Pritchard just decided that, hey, I'm like one of the best players in the country, uh, that that Cal uh, fell apart. They they were putting together 30 minutes of solid basketball. Yeah, and I saw later on Pritchard also set the Oregon assist record in that game. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, his impact alone was just pretty much what put, put Oregon over the top. And well, Pritchard's a, a candidate for player uh, of the year. Player of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's one of the best players in Oregon history. Uh, I think he's third uh, all time in in, uh, in points right now, and I, th- and I think he'll move further up the chain as the season goes along. Mm. Um, and yeah, he, you're right. He's at the assist record. So, I mean, Oregon runs through him. One of the most talented players. And you can tell towards the end of the game between Cal and Oregon that yeah, it was Peyton over. Pritchard versus Cal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like one of the things that the Bears have been doing good all season is shutting down team star players. Like you saw it against um, Washington State and against Stanford when they shut down De Silva. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing with Pritchard was they limited him to two points in the first half. And then the second half, he had like 20-something. He finished in the 20s. So, I mean, it, it was, like I said, like it was a good first half. It was good for most of the game. And then there was like that five-minute stretch where Cal wasn't scoring. And Pritchard was scoring. Yeah. Not, not even was, Oregon was, was scoring. Only Pritchard, Pritchard yeah. was scoring. And uh, they kind of let down there. But then they bounced back, beat Oregon State on Saturday since they had the Saturday early game. And then... And let's talk about that game. So that game was interesting uh uh Oregon led for most of it or mm-hmm. Oregon State excuse me uh led for most of it and then there was sort of this moment where there's some light shoving between um I think Kyler Kelly and it was between both and Andre Kelly yeah. and of course the <laughs> Kelly's uh unrelated yeah. um but both are absolutely huge uh Kyler is I think one of the tallest players in the NCAA is like seven four yeah um and then the mood of the chain the mood of the arena the mood of the game mm-hmm. completely changed yeah uh, i mean, you want to talk about it yeah andre kelly on the next play got i think it was the next play afterwards he got the put back dunk, yeah it was and then yeah. one after that he got a put back layup and then i think like a few plays later he got a huge block and he had a huge block at the end of the game also like he he was just hyped up for the entire rest of the game I it was it was almost quiet before that like yeah. I, I he had some minutes but there was just nothing going that's what on. i was gonna say i think in the first half he probably had like i mean i don't know the stats off the top of my head he probably had like four or five points in the first mm-hmm. half and in the second half he just like erupted and he like single-handedly kind of brought cal back into that game the crowd lost it. I, yeah. you, you could tell the crowd was already after that incident. I think uh, the crowd was neutral. I would say. I mean, like it's favored for Cal, but they weren't super into it. They weren't super against it. But then the boost came in after with the technical, and then yeah. once Kelly scored like six straight for Cal, Haas was exploding. Yeah, and also with the, um, you could tell the impact that it had on just like all of Cal's players with the with the crowd exploding like especially with Bradley scoring all of a sudden like crazy like he did. Yeah, the, the Matt Bradley became the Peyton Pritchard for Cal and, and went on a <laughs> sixth scoring streak. Yeah. I think he scored, what was it, nine straight for Cal? I think he scored nine like straight, yeah. yeah. And then he had the uh, the clutch charge at the end of the game also. Game saving, taking charge. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's surprisingly good at that. He gets around one a game. He is. Uh, and, and most of Cal doesn't really take charges super yeah. well. Uh, everyone just hasn't. I don't think no one on the team really, especially because a lot of the big men who could take charges are just a little uh, raw. I'm talking, you know, Grant and Deason mm-hmm. is large. Um, but Bradley's floor IQ is high. He, he's he an is, underrated defender. For yeah, sure. oh, absolutely. He's always on the team's best player, no matter what, it seems like. Either, either him or if it's a point guard, then it's usually Paris Austin on him mm-hmm. or Joel Brown. Both of them are. Joel Brown, also great defender. He's Clutch, yeah. one of those players, me and you were talking about it, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But has a huge impact when it's on the floor. Like you look and he 
in like close games he always has like a positive plus minus he always has a big impact and we saw like on the last play when he made Oregon State slip up when he guarded them full court they slipped up and they had to shoot like a full court shot instead of getting the ball down getting like a three-pointer I mean he's had sort of an incredible arc he's getting a lot more minutes now because of uh Juwan Harris Dyson um being uh what we what we might believe academically ineligible or is at least trying to focus more on school yeah. rather than uh rather than on basketball the, the details of that aren't clear from uh the post game press conference a week ago with uh, uh coach Fox but he is emerging as one of Cal's most elite defenders mm-hmm. and you can tell when a guard sort of starts exploding Paris Austin who's you know the offensive spark plug it gets booted for Brown and uh, it has a noticeable impact on the effect of Cal. Like, it, all of a sudden, the team is energized, turnovers are more common, and it just feels like uh, teams don't score at will when Brown's on the floor. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Even if Cal is playing, like, in a zone defense, even if they're not playing man-to-man, Brown is just, like, he's so long for a point guard that yeah. he, you know, he makes a difference on the defensive end. Uh, let's let's talk about looking forward. Uh, Cal is on the road next weekend, mm-hmm. um, facing Washington, Colorado, and oh, Utah. Colorado and Utah. It's that yeah. trip. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what do you sort of expect for these two teams? Colorado, uh, an, an elite team, I would say, a mm-hmm. really had a really strong start to the season. Has has had a, a, an interesting sort of uh, play in Pac-12 play, um, and then Utah, who's sort of towards the bottom of the conference. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you looking forward to in this trip? So, I think they're both going to be good games, close games. I think Cal is going to split this series one and one, but I could not tell you who they're going to beat and who they're going to lose to because that's just how this team works. I mean, when you look at how we played against Oregon, I mean, I wasn't really expecting us to beat Stanford. I thought we had a shot, but I wasn't expecting us to beat them at home after how we played them on the road. Um, Cal has not won a road game yet, so I'm looking forward to, I think our first road win is coming on, uh, is going to come during this trip, because Cal has not won a single game outside of Hospitalia this season. And some, some winnable games. I yeah. mean, it, it is tough, I would say, in, in Cal's defense, it's a little tough because a lot of those early road losses were definitely in that stretch between conference play and uh, the beginning of the season, so they mm-hmm. started off you know 5-0, and then they had trip out to New York where they're going against Duke, Duke and Texas, Texas and then yeah. I mean against some other elite teams Santa Clara mm-hmm. um San Francisco so I mean they've had a tough road schedule yeah but I think what really bothered a lot of Cal fans um and sort of just anyone who's interested in seeing the team's success was their loss against UCLA yeah um a couple weeks ago where it was 40 to 50 it's 40 points yeah. it's it was truly their worst road performance and, and that's something that I mean, this Cal team is a young team, and Coach Fox says all the time that, you know, with the young team, they're obviously going to play a lot better on home that they, than they do on the road, and sure. I think that that's, you know, 100% what it is, which is why I think going later into the season, the players are finally starting to get used to, like, those road trips. Sure, they did just stay at home for, like, two weeks, so I guess that's not really helping them, but I, I think that with Colorado and Utah, if they don't win one of these road games, it's just, like... You know, when is it when is it going to happen? I think that it has to happen this week. Um, I think there's another chance um, when they visit Washington yeah. uh, against Wazoo. I don't. I I, I, I think that, that Washington but... will probably. They've struggled since um uh their point guard whose name uh, escapes me right now was uh, suspended um mm. or, rem- or determined to be ineligible to play or something like that um, but 
I think there's other chances, but you're right. This is this is a prime opportunity for Cal, yeah. and and it's sort of like the it's the other shoe that needs to drop if this team really wants to. So they've shown improvement this season. I don't think we've talked yeah, a lot this, sure. about this a lot. Like, would this team be better than last season? And record wise, it's already true. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to take that next step forward, not just to like better than Viking Jones, which is not really that much of an accomplishment. Yeah, right. <laughs> Five baboons could also be just as good as Viking Jones. Um, and my, the most unbiased journalistic way possible. Um, but, uh, uh, but this is the, this is the chance. This is the time. And if it's not this, then they're better, but they're not the cow that I think a lot of fans are hoping the next step will be. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that, you know, it's, it already is an improved season. Um, Coach Fox is, clearly doing a good job with the clearly, team. Clearly better, yeah. Yeah, um, especially on the defensive end. Like, great defensive coach. I think Cal's shown improvement offensively, and I think that that's going to help them get their like first road win in this trip. Uh, well, I want to thank former assistant sports editor and my friend and one of the best writers I know, Jack Whaley, for being on the pod. Thank you thank so you much. Sir. Thank you for having me, Michael. And that's it for us. Uh, you can find the Daily Californian on Facebook at the Daily Californian and at, on Twitter at the Daily Californian. Uh, you can find all of our sports writings at dailycal.org/section/sports. Any comments about the show, you can email to me at mbrust at dailycal.org. And finally, uh, you can find Jack Whaley on Twitter at underscore Jack Douglas underscore. Yes, sir. You got there it. we go. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, and. Thank you for listening to One Golden Moment.